Before the foundation of the world, he had you in mind. Just as he prepared a planet for us to be on, so has he prepared the orchestration for you to be here. He has details about your fears. He has details about your joys. He has details about your doubts and your questions. He knows intimately what you need, when you needed to be born, what era you needed to be created in. He knew all of that so that he might have moments with you. That's the point. And so throughout your life and continuing on, he will make date moments where he will crash in throughout the supernatural into the natural so that you might know him better. And there are critical moments in our lives where we interact with Jesus and we're never the same. Now, you know that we all have these, these moments. Pastor Brian was just talking to you about that. Moments in your life where you know that what happened there changed the course of what was going to happen next. You all have those. If I was to scroll through your iPhone, right, or your camera, there were moments that you actually snapshotted where you grabbed a hold of them and said, I want to remember this one, whether it was super important or whether it was just screwing around and it was something that you just enjoyed. You said, I don't want to lose this moment. I got moments like that. A couple of moments for me that stick in my heart that are super special to me. May 8th, 1993. May 8th, 1993, I met a girl. I met a girl at Java City in Lomans Plaza off Fair Oaks Boulevard. Y'all remember that? And I met this girl, and she actually met two dudes that day. That morning, she met Jesus Christ and gave her life to him fully and completely. That night, she met me. Huge step down, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> However, January 7th, 1995, we were married. December 22nd, 2000, our first little baby girl came out into this world. To July 9th, 2004, my second baby girl came into this world. One moment where I met her began to set off a chain reaction of marriage and then we ended up having children and my life is very different. When you have children, you go backwards and go, I can't imagine the world without them in it. It doesn't even make sense. You'd go, well, wait, wait, what would that be like if they weren't there? Well, I don't even know what to do with that, right? And so it alters you. Well, have you ever had God moments? Right? Moments where you, you had that moment with God and, and then everything was different. I was, I've had a whole bunch of them. Why? Because I was the little kid and I grew up in the church and I grew up in Christian school where I was so soft hearted. Every time they had an altar call, I went forward. I got saved about 420 times. Right? It's not enough to get saved. You got to be super saved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was, I was the guy that was just waiting, you know, and they're like, if you're wearing blue, come forward. I'm like, yes, the Lord has me wearing, I'm not wearing blue, but anyway, I'm coming, you know, I, I, I wanted wherever God was, I wanted to be there. I wanted everything he had for me. I wanted, I wanted the fullness of who he was. And I've been chasing about that for the rest of my life. Do you have any God moments like that? You know, in the Bible, there are critical God moments where people met Jesus in a different way. It's one thing to know about him. It's another thing to experience him. Jesus went to a Pharisee's house. And the Pharisee 
I mean, he invites him over to dinner and it's not even that great. He's sitting around with a bunch of stuffy religious guys. It sounds horridly boring. And all of a sudden the figure comes in through the door. Now you know that this figure is not part of the general party. And you can tell by the way she looks, by her gender. You can tell by the fact that she looks like she's a wreck. You can also tell by how everyone else acts about her. The minute she walks by him, everyone backs up. You're thinking, is she important? Well, hold on. You know that something's different about her. Why? Because her hair's down. Women in this culture don't ever have their hair down, certainly not uncovered, unless you are a... That's right. Everyone knew what corner she worked on, yeah? They knew exactly what she did for a living. And they knew that if they get anywhere in contact with her, they are now unclean. And if they're unclean with her, then they're unclean for temple and they're unclean for synagogue. And then they're not going to be able to go do the religious stuff they want to do. So everyone's backing up from her and they realize this is a test that she's making a beeline for that Jesus rabbi guy. And she wants to get to him right off the bat. He's reclining at dinner. His feet are out behind him. And she sweeps around. How she got in, I have no idea. But everybody's judging her. Everybody's looking at her. Everybody's got ideas. Everybody's playing tape in their minds about what she's been involved in. And she doesn't care. She's going to get next to her Jesus. And she's not letting anybody else's opinion of her stop her. So she makes a beeline for Jesus, and she's already crying. She goes to his feet, breaks open perfumed ointment, starts uh, rubbing it on his feet, starts weeping on his feet, starts rubbing it with her hair. Now, you have to understand, we're talking sandals, dirt roads, nastiness. You know what I mean? She's rubbing that with her hair as she weeps over her Jesus. Everybody's got an opinion on this one. They're going, see, I knew he wasn't legit. There's no way a rabbi would let a woman like that touch him in public. Clearly, he's not a prophet. Jesus knew exactly what they're thinking. He said, hey, excuse me, sir. You invited me into your house. Really strange because you didn't even greet me with a kiss. That's kind of how we do it here. You didn't even give me that courtesy. You know, I walked in. You didn't give me anything to wash my feet with. You didn't allow a servant to wash my feet. You certainly didn't wash my feet. You know, I got a story for you. There was two guys that owed this dude money. One owed him 70 grand. The other one owed him seven grand. He knew that neither one could pay ever. So he cancels both debts. Which one do you think was more moved, more impacted and loved him more? And the guy said, well, I guess the guy was 70 grand. Yeah, you're right. See this woman right here that you've been judging the whole time. You don't give me a kiss, you don't wash my feet, and she hasn't stopped to cry over my feet, wipe them with her tears and her hair, and kissing my feet. She loves much. And then he says this magical phrase, her sins which are many are forgiven. Everything you think about her, you know what, it's true and it's worse. You have no idea, but I do. But that doesn't stop my love. That doesn't stop our connection. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That woman left saved, and those men remained smug, self-righteous, with no salvation. Some of us 
God orchestrated all of creation to get you here now. And you are here because sin, your sin, stuff you know about, stuff that you think is so wicked that if we really found out about it, we would reject you, which I disagree with. But it's possible. Your sin has kept you from Jesus. You don't think that you are even supposed to be here. You think that the world might fall apart if you walked in a church. You think that you came here because someone made you come here. And now you're feeling super uncomfortable because the guy keeps yelling at you. (laughs) And the whole time he's talking about this stuff, you're like, dude, just get on with it. I got food at home, man. Let's just move. And then there's some of you that you are crushed because you know what I'm saying is true. And yet you don't feel that you can be near Jesus because your sin is too dark. Let me remind you of this. God's cleanliness is greater than your dirt. And what it means is, is that it reverse works. You think you're staying in him? Hey, you got a sin as scarlet. He can make it white as snow. He said, if we hang out, I make you cleaner. So you want to hang out with me? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. You're not going to stain me. I'm going to wash you. And therefore, you have been drawn here for grace. You have been drawn here for forgiveness. You've been drawn here for salvation. And no longer will your sin stay in the way. You know, there's some other stories in the Bible about people that felt rejected. You know, Jesus is walking along in this... uh, this road where there's like a fork in the road and, and it was a toll booth area. Jesus walks up and, and there's Levi. You know that he's a tax collector. He's got the whole thing out there. The money's out there. And he works for the enemy. The Roman Empire had dominated the Jewish people. And so in order to be a tax collector, you had to be like the evil IRS. You had to, you had to work for the government that everyone hated and you then gouged your people because you were already an outcast. So they hated you twice. That's this guy. And you knew how people felt about him because all the disciples, when Jesus went to walk near him, they're like, oh, shoot. And they're backing up going, I want nothing to do with that guy. I know that guy. You get me near that guy, I'll rip that guy's face off. I'm so frustrated with that guy right now. Jesus doesn't care. He goes walking right up to the guy and he goes, hey, Levi. Uh, yes, Lord. I want you to leave what you're doing right now and I want you to come be with me. Uh, (laughs) I don't think you understand. I don't, I don't, I don't hang out with you guys. I mean, you're looking at your boys behind you. They don't want anything to do with me. That one looks really angry. (laughs) No, you don't understand Jesus. That whole religious group, they don't like me. I don't belong there. Jesus said, well, that's funny because I didn't ask their opinion of you. I said, I want you, you come with me. Don't look at them, look at me. I want you. And I don't care what religion said. I care what I said. I want you. And what this means is, is that he dropped everything, went and had a party at his house for Jesus, and who's at the party? Well, everybody that's rejected, everybody that religion wants nothing to do with. It's all tax collectors and sinners. And everybody's judging them. And Jesus said, hey, everybody that's listening, 
I got something for you. Have you noticed that people that are healthy don't need a doctor? Well, I'm a doctor. So if you're messed up and your whole life is uh, crazy and you got a disease, I'm right here. So therefore, I'm hanging out with the sick because they need me. So of course I'm here. What does that mean? It means some of you have been orchestrated to a place where you're now drug here. And you kind of like the Jesus guy. You kind of like what he's about. You just can't stand the church. You don't like the rest of us. Why? Because we're messed up. That's why. And you look at it and you go, man, there's corruption in there. And there's, there's all this weird craziness. And there's power plays. And, and there, you know, there's all this judgment. And you know what? Some of that, you're right. Broken people are running broken institutions. I get it. And you know what? Religion has kept you away from Jesus for a long time. Here's what Jesus has to say to you in this moment. Stop letting them shut us down. Stop looking at everyone else and start looking at me. We'll figure out the rest later. I just want you. I want your heart. Maybe we need to bring reformation. Maybe we need to change something. Maybe we need to stop the judgmental attitude and you're going to help me do that. But stop letting them say what we have to be. Get religion out of the way and just come to me. Maybe that's your moment, right? You remember that Jesus is walking along the seashore and he wants to teach. And there's this huge, huge crowd, bigger than the crowd that we have now. Let's say thousands and thousands, right? And they're all kind of gathering around. There's no sound system. There's no mic. And so everyone wants to get near to hear and to see, and he realizes he's going to get crushed. So he's looking around for who has a boat, because if he can back up a little bit, he has a natural amphitheater. Everyone can get on the shoreline. Water is a natural conduit of sound, right? And so it all works out. So he looks around, and a couple of days earlier, he met these two guys, two brothers that worked in the fishing business, Andrew and Simon. He ended up changing Simon's name to Peter which means rock, and no one had any clue what in the world that meant because this guy was all kind of whacked, right? And they said, no, 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 you're going to be solid someday. And everyone's like, yeah, right. <laughs> he sees this guy, and he's there with his boat, and he said, hey, Peter, can I borrow your boat for a second? If you could just back me up a little bit, I can teach to everybody. And he said, sure, Lord. So they get into the boat, and he teaches for a really long time, and then afterwards he realizes he took up some of their time, and they have a fishing business. And so he says, hey, you guys, you know what? We're good here. How about you do some fishing? I'll hang out with you. And they said, do some fishing, man. We've been fishing all night before you rolled up. There are no fish in this area. And Jesus said, well, how about you try for me? And they said, what do you do for a living? You're a carpenter. That's right. You have no idea how to fish. Now, don't get me wrong, sir, because you said so. We'll do it. And he said, oh, thank you. That's sweet of you. <laughs> he said, lower your nets. You all remember what happened? Lowers the nets. Boom. All these fish. So many fish. They had to grab their partners, James and John, to come over, grab their boat. And it was such a heavy load that both boats began to sink. And Jesus said, carpenter, huh? <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Immediately. Peter connected it all and he knows who this guy is. He said, you got to get out of here. I am so dirty. I'm so wrecked. I'm such a regular guy. I got all kinds of issues, weird, bizarre addiction. You don't even want to get into my life. I'm messed up. You can't even be near me. And Jesus said, I'm not worried about that. One day I'm going to make you different. 
maybe a few days later, maybe a few weeks later, Jesus is walking along the sea and he looks over and he says, boys, it's time. Time for what? Time to follow me. I want you in full-time ministry. I want you with me all the time. Like, like now? Now, drop your stuff and go with me. Yes, sir. Boom, dropped everything. Followed him. Hey, where's James and John? They're down the beach. They're over there. Well, let's go get them. James, John, boys, leave it with your dad. Drop everything. Come with me. Yes, sir. And they went with him and their life was never the same. What's the point? There are some of us that God has orchestrated around where you've been watching Jesus. You know, people that are Christians. That's why you're here. And you've been examining it and analyzing it for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, for some of you, it's been years. Now it's time to commit. Now it's time to get in. Now it's time to say, God, I'm all in with you. I don't need any more questions answered. I'm never going to know it all. I'm never going to never have any doubt. I'm not going to be able to be sure on everything, but I know enough to love you and I'm in. You got to make that commitment. Today may be your moment where you go from observer to follower. Now, if you remember, Jesus didn't stop there, right? He had hundreds of followers and they're following around. And one day after praying all night long, he goes through and he starts selecting 12 of them, right? I want you, 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 not you, 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 you and you guys, here's the deal. It is time to step it up. You have been a follower of mine. You know, my heart, you know, the word you understand what's going on. Are you perfect? No, of course you're not perfect. Are you exactly like me? No, that's going to be a lifelong gig. However, you know me well enough to share me with someone else. It's time for you to go from follower to leader. Maybe today your moment is a transition that it's no longer about you being fed, but you feeding other people. God orchestrated everything. He put you in the right environment. You know the word of God. You know what he's like. You don't know everything, but it's no longer about you. You are now a fountain. God is pouring into you and you're now going to pour into somebody else. You've been sitting around and waiting behind the scenes and letting all the professionals do it for a really long time. Stop it. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to lock in. It's time for you to lead. You have more than enough. Um, you know, not all moments went well. Not all moments were transformational in a good way. Jesus was out teaching one time and this young guy, super wealthy, super loaded, comes up to him and he says, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, what must you do? All right, we're playing the do game. Okay, let's do that. Uh, how about be perfect? Uh, let's start with the Ten Commandments. How you doing on the Ten Commandments, right? Don't murder, no adultery, don't lie, all that stuff. How you doing on that? Oh, I'm excellent at that stuff. Good, 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 good. That's good. Here's what you don't have. Me. So, therefore, what I need from you is surrender. And your particular issue happens to be your money. So here's what I would like you to do. I want you to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me and get on my team. The guy said, what? What? <laughs> is that really necessary? It is for you. And he left sad. And there was no transformation. Why? Cost was too high. Because they wanted Jesus and their stuff. 
as Jesus got led out with his cross. Y'all remember this? To the place of the skull, Golgotha. Two men were led out with him. You remember them. They're the thieves, the robbers. They're legit. They really did it. They got busted. And now they're going to die for it. It's how it works. And there Jesus, beaten to a bloody pulp, unrecognizable as a human being, is nailed to the cross while he's being nailed through his hands and feet, says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. The other guys screaming out in agony like everyone would, they're nailed to the cross and they're erected up and lifted up, slid into the post holes, and there they lay or hang naked for everyone to see. Absolute humiliation, absolute pain and suffering, and the whole point of crucifixion is asphyxiation. You hang there till you can't get any air and you die. If you take too long, we'll break your legs and help you out. That's how it works. People walking by, they're looking at Jesus and they're thinking, oh, you're the son of God, really? Really, you're nailed to a plank, man. You're trying to say you can save us. You can't even save yourself. This is kind of embarrassing. I mean, look at you. You're hanging there. If you were really the Messiah, do you think you'd be hanging there? No way. You're not legitimate. One of the thieves starts picking up the same lines. Now, that's a good point. Dude, if you're real, how about you go down from here, get me off this cross, and then I'll follow you. I mean, if you can really do all the stuff that you say you can, how about doing a little bit of it right now? That would be awesome. And the other thief said, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Don't you know who this man is? While we're being nailed there, you know we deserve it. This guy, he's gotten it way worse than us, and he didn't deserve a thing. You know he's innocent. Don't mess with him. How dare you? Jesus, I know who you are. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Same moment, two different guys, two different reactions, two different outcomes. What are you going to do with this moment? Hmm. Then came the moment, right? The moment all of creation was waiting for. Jesus had been crucified on a Friday. On Saturday, not a sound from the tomb. Early on Sunday, Jesus' bodyguards blow out a trumpet blast. They launch open the rock and said, King, your way is paved. And Jesus walks right out of the tomb. And right there, all of history was changed. All of the future was changed. And every one of our lives was changed because of that moment. Why? Because he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated the enemy. And if he defeated all that, we don't need to die. You understand what I'm saying? And in that moment, when everything was rocked, everybody, all his followers, they ran to try to figure out what's going on. He's not in the tomb. There's angels hanging out, right? And everybody runs home trying to figure out what to do with it all. But one woman wouldn't leave. You remember who that is, right? Mary Magdalene. Out of whom seven demons were cast. When she knows the torment of the enemy and she knows the freedom of her Christ, she never wants to go away from her Jesus ever again. And while everyone else went home, she wouldn't. 
she hung out and was crying. Even angels asked her, why are you crying? She didn't even care who they were. Crying because I don't know where my Jesus went. Then there's this guy standing at the entrance of the tomb. She thinks he's a gardener. She said, just tell me where you laid his body because I don't care what condition he is. I have to be with him. He said, Mary, it's me. Right at that moment, everything went from belief to absolute certainty. Maybe in this moment, God is going to transform your heart from knowing Jesus to going into deeper waters. Is that why he brought you here? Because he brought you here for a moment. I'm going to invite up the prayer team. Because what we're going to do is we're going to have our own moments with God. We can read about everybody else's. We can, we can talk a little bit about the ancient world or we can talk about today. What's God doing with you? Are you the one where sin has kept you away? Are you the one that religion has ruined your view of God? Are you the one that needs to go from observer to follower? Are you the follower that needs to become a leader? What are you? Because we're all having the same moment, but it's going to change some of us. What are you going to do with that? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you up here. I'm going to invite you up here with a prayer team for a very specific reason. Because there's some of you that you know exactly what's going on between you and Jesus and you need to just come up here and be by yourself. There's areas over here and over there that there is no one praying and you just have private time of transformation. And then there's some of you that have to process a little bit about what God's doing. That's why all the prayer team is here. They're merely going to ask you a couple questions. Why did God bring you here today? And as you pour out your heart, they're going to help you process. I can assure you of one thing about this team. They're super loving. So if you want to come up to them, you're going to be greeted with nothing but a smile, a hug, care and concern, and love to walk you through this process. So what we're going to do is as I pray, I'm going to be praying through each one of these scenarios. If I touch on anything that you said, that's me. God's talking to me. I want you to do what that woman did. I want you to block out everybody else. Don't you dare let your pride stop you. Don't you let anyone else stare at you and have it matter. Like I said, let them wonder. Who cares? Don't let anything stand between you and your Jesus. So as I begin to pray through these things and you hear one that God says, yep, that's you. I want you to have a date with me. I want you to get up there. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come forward. Why? So we lock in the moment. Why'd you take a picture of the rainbow? You saw the rainbow. You took a picture because you wanted to lock it down. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to lock it down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for everyone that is here with me that God, we are all broken at the foot of the cross and we don't have all the answers. Lord, we know that you are the answer that we are seeking. We know that you're the one that can fix us. We know that you're the one that gives forgiveness and we need that. 
We know that you're the one Holy Spirit that anoints and empowers for leadership. We know that you're the one that calls us into deeper waters. And so I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fall upon us in a mighty way, that you would sweep the room because your word says that you're the revealer of truth and everything Jesus told us you would make clear. Therefore, we need it to be clear in our heart. So would you begin to rise within us? Tap us on the heart if it's our time to go. So Heavenly Father, I began to pray for all my friends and family here, Lord, that have felt like the sin in them has kept them from you, that there's a wall, that there's a blockade, that there's something they can't get past. But today they're getting past. Today, Jesus, you're going to remove the sin from their lives. You're going to remove the barriers and the obstacles that your grace is going to be greater than their weakness. So God, we pray right now that you would draw out all of us that need a fresh dose of grace. Move upon our hearts and lead us up there right now. God, there are some of us that our frustration for mankind has soiled our relationship with our God and religiously we're frustrated. We don't want to be around the church. We don't want to be around your bride. We don't want to be around your kids. But we think we love you. Oh God, set us free. Make it just about you and us today. Father, lead us up and help us to crash through the gate of religion to be with our Lord. God, I pray right now for those of us that have been observing and watching and now it's time to go in. That Lord, we've dipped our foot in the pool, we've wandered around the edge, but now it's time to swim. And we would like to commit to you and say, yes, Lord, I don't know what it means. I don't know how I'm ever gonna do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know I have to be with you come forward. There's some of us that God has orchestrated today that you need to lead. You have been sitting here and you know more than enough. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come up here. You are ready at this moment for God to take you into deeper place. That it's now time to launch. Now it's time to go. Now it's time to pour out into other people. Now it's not just a time of receiving. It's a time of giving. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come up here because this is your moment. And we'll pray for your commissioning, your anointing, your encouragement to lead because we need you with us. That's why. God, I pray right now that once again you would sweep the room. That, Lord, there are so many of us that are allowing a million things to hinder us from moving forward. The pastor didn't say the right words. But, God, we know the right thing to do. So, Father, we ask that you would tell us what you desire of us and we will say yes, Lord. We are a heart that is broken people. We are a heart that is generous. We are hearts that love you. And so God, whatever you say, we say yes, Lord. Right now, rescue us. Right now, show us that you can fix us. Show us that you can make us right. Show us that you can 
bring about a new way of living for us, a new perspective. So God, draw us out more and more and more, all of us, Lord. And right now, if you are feeling like you're doing everything you can to stay in your seat, please stop resisting that and just let it go. What would it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? What if God has a blessing up here for you and you walk away? For the rest of us, there are many of us here today that we are right where God wants us. We're locked in. We feel good about where we're at and feel like Lord is moving. It's powerful. It's joyful. It's exciting. Praise God for that. I want to pray for you because you might have other needs. So right now, whatever your need is, I want you to lift it up to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come through and knit us back together? Some of us, Lord, are absolutely broken by our past. You've gotten over it. We can't seem to get over it. So, Lord, would you set us free? Cut those chains. Cut the bondage that we're under. Lord, there's some of us that are wrestling with addiction. And we can't even imagine a world where we don't do that stuff anymore. We can't let go of that teddy bear. We can't let go of that thing that's helping us out. We can't let it go, the thing that soothes us. We can't let it go, the thing that gets us through every day. And it's more important than you got. And we know that because you told us to let it go and we can't. God, would you snap that right now in the name of Jesus? Would you heal our marriages? Lord, there are some here that have absolute intolerance for one another. We have absolute frustration and we are... We just want them to go away. And yet, God, we are knitted together by you. God, would you heal our marriages? Would you restore our homes? There are kids that are here that want to know that they are someone in you. They need their identity strengthened. They need... And so, God, would you empower them and anoint them right now? Would you allow the children to rise up in their spirit and feel like their Jesus is their own? God, would you return our wandering children, our adult children that are doing their own thing? They don't even talk to us about it anymore. They don't want to be about church. They don't want to be about anything to have to do with you. But God, we worry about them. God, would you restore them and return them and heal them? God, some of our spouses don't even know you. And even now we're praying like crazy that you would move upon their heart. God, would you save them and rescue them and make our home a place of peace? God, there are some of us that cannot walk without pain. I ask Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that you would heal us. Those of us that cannot see very well. God, that you would fix our eyesight. God, those of us that cannot hear very well, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal us. That God, right now, you would open up ears, you would open up eyes, you'd open up bodies to be healed. Holy Spirit, may your breeze blow through this place. God, we're a broken people and we need help. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would fall afresh on us. Bless us. I pray favor over my family here and over my friends. 
so this weekend would finish with a blast that it would be exciting and fun to be with family, that it would be joyful to think about you, that we'd be able to laugh with the lightness of being, knowing that things are right with our soul. Transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that are still praying, go ahead and stay here and hang out. If you're waiting to pray with somebody, our team's going to be up here. We would love to pray with you for anything. So by all means, hang out with us and pray. Otherwise, have a great Resurrection Sunday. We love you and we'll see you next week.